0: Coming up on this edition of Cougar Insiders, we'll be breaking down the search for a replacement of Dave Rose as BYU has interviewed candidates, have broken them down, continuing to wait for word, um, give out an offer. We're going to break that down, talk about the politics, about the real need to make a real good decision on this one. We'll also break down spring football. We'll talk a little bit about volleyball and the baseball team that's been streaking in the West Coast Conference. This and more in this edition of Cougar Insiders. Welcome to this edition of the Cougar Insiders Podcast. I'm Dick Harmon, a columnist for the Deseret News, and alongside me is Brandon Gurney, a beat writer for the Deseret News. Excused today is Jeff Call, and we hope to see him back uh, for our next broadcast. But uh, this this podcast is giving... uh, you insight into the uh, things that are going on. Hopefully we'll deliver the best news that we can and the analysis that we've thought about and used our sources to try to compile. And Brandon Gurney, right now BYU's in the middle of a major decision in hiring a basketball coach to uh, replace uh, Dave Rose, who kind of is a legend. He'll go down as a legend at BYU. The the best uh, winning percentage of any coach that they've had. Stayed around for a very long long time. Things started to decline a little bit. The last game they played was one of the ugliest games that I've seen a BYU team play. In some time But good on Dave Great guy Did great work uh, Had a tremendous career uh, Who can never forget The Jimmer Fredette years But right now The search is on Let's just break down Some of the candidates And first of all uh, We'll just do a little Back and forth here Mark Pope The coach at Utah Valley State College Probably is the leading Candidate for a myriad Of reasons Let's break down His resume And why does he make A good fit
1: for BYU Well he's a rising star He understands the program BYU saw a lot of success uh, While he was The assistant coach Coach, um, you'd think it'd be a natural fit that, bam, it's done, Mark Pope's the guy right there. But I, um, there's a lot of talk whether he would want the job, which which should be a huge red flag. I, I mean, if Mark Pope ultimately becomes the guy that they want and he rejects the job, You'd think that would be a major cause for some internal, uh, uh, I don't know, come to Jesus moment about how BYU basketball is run and just how athletics is run and all that. I don't want to go there yet because we're 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 far away of, of just uh, if, if Pope's going to be the guy. But one thing that struck me is, is uh, a couple of years ago we we did a series of articles on the impact of transfers uh, at, at respective pro, uh, local programs and I had UBU and and I interviewed Pope and he's fantastic in interviews as always and I asked him. Well, what's the impact of transfer he says well our program uh, uh, sinks or sw- swims with transfers we love transfers that's, that's how we're building this thing and he's found a lot of success doing that and 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 with him being a coach and that's his major avenue to having success he obviously knows the hang-ups of bringing in transfers to BYU where, where at UVU he can basically bring in anyone he wants you wonder if that's going to be a hang-up and, and and whatnot but but yeah Pope's got to be the main guy and a rising star and a guy who I think would do very well here
0: Alex Jensen seems to be be a fan favorite with uh, you know a lot of BYU faithful. Stop they believe it. They believe that an NBA kind of a guy, maybe the number one assistant for the Utah Jazz, familiar with a system that's very, very good defensively, offensively, um, playing probably the best team chemistry basketball in the NBA, taking Alex Jensen, a former Utah player, bring him in here. That seems to thrill a lot of BYU fans, but it may be a fantasy.
1: Well, well, well the last part you said I think is, is kind of what's been flying is that he's a former U, not just a former U. Do you remember how Majerus would gush about him. I, I He loved him more than anything. He was that kind of player that he'd play, and he like, how is he good? How is he doing anything? But he was so productive. He understands the game. I, I'm not seeing that as a realistic possibility. Boy, Britton Johnson really shot down that rumor on Twitter. <laughs> it was quick, and it was
0: decisive. I don't know if people saw that. Yes, but, uh, it was. He said, uh, in response, I think, to Jody Genesee, yeah. he said, hey, the big uh, fix for BYU, three words, hire Alex Jensen. And Britton Johnson, a former teammate, great Ute uh, player, came back. Let me put this simple.
1: Not happening. Not happening. I <laughs> pretty direct. So, so so anyway, it is what it is. I'm not expecting Alex Jensen. I've always thought that that's a bit of a pipe dream and it's just not a, a natural fit and whatnot. But I mean, there is some interest, I, whether it's a formality or not. I mean, where you can bring him in and uh, just blow his socks off and yeah, I I, I got to come here. I'm not holding my breath. I, I think he's a very remote possibility, but but we'll see what happens.
0: Well, if he did come here, I don't know that he would be a long-termer. Right? He, he has nothing. There's no social Association with BOU, other than his religious affiliation, he would have a ton of youths that would not be happy with him taking that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would probably be on the A list. Number one, if something happened to Utah's current coach, he would be right there. So I don't know that it would be a long-term thing. Mark Madsen uh, with the the uh, Los, Los Angeles Lakers, former Stanford player. Mad Dog, Madsen. He's an intriguing thing. His father, I was supposed to meet him uh, yesterday at a luncheon that I spoke to and uh, his father and his mother live here in Utah County in Provo and I believe his wife has ties if not uh, is from this area but Mark Madsen is an intriguing candidate for this job because I think in the first round uh, of uh, hiring of assistant coaches with Dave Rolls when Lee Kamard got that job, I think that he was uh, one of the people that was lined up to be interviewed. He kind of would like to move back here but no connection to BYU's program um, at all in, in terms of having any experience recruiting for BYU, playing for BYU, knowing the traditions of BYU. He, again, has the LDS resume and a tremendous NBA experience.
1: Much more realistic than Alex Jensen. Uh, if only for the reason he's going to be out of the job pretty pretty soon. You're being an assistant coach for the Lakers. You know it's a matter of time before LeBron just says, hey, this coaching staff they're out of here yep. i'm really surprised luke walton lasted the year to be honest with you <laughs> but but i don't think lebron was all that interested and whatnot and could you imagine coaching that guy holy cow i i i think madsen's going to be looking for 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 a new job pretty soon and i and i think he, he wants it i mean if, if we're going by what his buddy casey jacobson said holy cow he really wants this job so so that's a far more realistic uh possibility than alex jansen in my mind a very very young guy and an energetic guy a, a big name i i I I like it. I I think Mark Manson's realistic. I think it'd be a good option for BYU. Well, Mark Manson, um,
0: Alex Smith, uh, neither one of them have been involved in recruiting um, for a long, long time, if at all. Um, The connections to the AAU coaches, the other things like that, may be a little bit spotty right now because they haven't been involved. But one guy that has been involved, like Mark Pope, is the coach at Portland State, Barrett Perry. We've seen him in action here. Uh, He's a local uh, guy that uh, coached at uh, Payson High School, has coached at Utah Valley, has coached at the University of Utah, has been around. Around the block, uh, and, and is a very experienced coach. What's your views on Barrett Perry?
1: Well, if you just look at his resume, there's nothing that really excites you. He's coaching at Portland State. I'm, I mean, he's fine and all that. Portland State went 16 and 16 this past year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what's sexy about the Barrett Perry? I mean, he's young, he's LDS, okay. Where does it go beyond that? Uh, I, I, I mean, maybe there's stuff I don't know. I'm sure there is, but just going by his overall resume doesn't really exactly move the needle. A, a young guy, I, I, I don't know if he'd be your your first option, being that guy. And and again, I, I don't know everything about him. Maybe there's some stuff that's intriguing that I don't know about. But just going by his simple resume, it's hard to get excited about Barrett Perry.
0: You know, uh, the look locally, you look at the current interim coach, uh, Quincy Lewis, a guy that uh, had a national profile at uh, Lone Peak High School when they won a mythical national championship for high schools, has uh, coached at Utah Valley and, and at BYU, has been given a greater role now that Heath Scheuer was gone, but a guy that probably hasn't been given a lot of opportunities to put his brand on anything at BYU in terms of recruiting, in terms of X's and O's, decision making, leadership, a lot of other things, but Quincy Lewis sitting right there in the office now, is Things kind of go by. Your view on
1: Quincy? I really like Quincy. I dealt with him a lot in the high school ranks, uh, coaching for Long Peak. But man, would that be a tough sell for fans? Uh, just just elevating Quincy Lewis. Um, I, I think the whole point. Th- this program needs a jump start. It needs like it, it's going to be different. It, uh, it kind of what Kalani did when Bronco moved on. Just kind of that impression that, that yeah, it, we're going to move in a different direction and all that. I don't think you get that with Quincy Lewis. That that, that Joel. I, I mean, maybe he would ultimately, but just the perception. Of that is, is isn't good. He's uh, from Lone Peak. I, I mean, think about what fans think of Lone Peak these days, I and mean, what's come from there. Uh, it's. I I really like Quincy. I, I I think he's a quality coach, but man, would that be a tough sell?
0: You know that that brings us to the question. Uh, you know, ec- expectations of this job and BYU's ability to get in the NCAA tournament to win a conference championship uh, over Gonzaga. Uh, the recruiting restrictions, the honor code, and the way that it's being deployed. The entrance exam um, acceptance of of people who are applying to come to BYU, recruiting around that, and it's seemingly maybe a hurdle to getting in J.C. players that were not qualifiers out of high school. All of these things, a challenge. What do you think Dave Rose would recommend for his replacement? Who do you think that he'd put his stamp of approval on?
1: Oh, Mark Pope. Absolutely no question. A guy that's worked for him, a guy who understands it, and and that's the big thing. We kind of see with new coaches. They have to go over this hump where they think they understand what BYU is, but they have to learn. The hard way when, when players that they have Get rejected or just can't make it and all that Pope's over that hurdle which is a Big thing um, but but you yeah, also Kind of like the option that maybe a guy that can Maybe force some action and force some things the Other way I, I mean we kind of know how that Goes with BYU in this day and age But 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 yeah that's why I think Pope Is far and away the best candidate for
0: this well, job he, Well he is and he's done a tremendous job there It's just not the record of the competition that he's had in whack play but when he got hired at Utah Valley he, he made a demand of Matt Holland The president he said I want you to build a practice facility for my team. That happened. It got done. He also has a weight room that was uh, donated uh, by Travis Hansen, donated the money. He's gone out in the community and made connections in a way that really is important for BYU coaches to always do, and sometimes they don't in a way that he has done. He's been a hard worker. He's got a good personality. People get along with him, great with the media. What happens, um, and, and you know you and I are not going to answer this question, but it's obvious. If Mark Pope seems to be on a track to maybe go somewhere in the SEC or ACC or even the Pac-12, uh, the BYU job for him may be just a stepping stone. He knows the restrictions here. He knows that all those guys that he's bringing in, the transfer guard from Xavier, and a lot of other people that he's had brought in, those can't be things that he can do at BYU. Yeah. Y- you can't do that. They have an open enrollment. Anybody can get into Utah Valley. Anybody. Like the University of Utah. That's not the case at BYU. Does he look at that and say, you know what? This is kind of a rebuilding thing. The only child's gone. Do I want to go down there and battle this real hard? Knowing what the restrictions are, knowing that it means an immediate injection of something. There's a chance that he might turn BYU down.
1: If he does. I would hope that would send some shock waves. Uh, to this administration and kind of what runs things, and maybe give a hard look. Man, are we really going to make it? Are we going to become what we want to? If we have a guy like Mark Pope who understands what the program is better than anyone and he doesn't want it, he wants to stay at UBU. You'd think that that that, that would ruffle some fe- feathers and, and move some action. I, I mean, we're not at that Pope point yet, but, but but the
0: final thought is this, and we'll move on. But that you know, Dave Pope, uh, I think, has been approached and, and approached very hard with all kinds of options financially and other things like that met with BYU. He was one of the first people that they brought in because obviously they had to. But the longer it goes, Brandon, the longer it goes that he's not just jumping on board, I don't think it uh, fares well for BYU in getting him. But don't rush things either. you got to interview a lot of candidates and that process is going on. You don't hire somebody until you've actually gone through and do, done your due diligence so you can tell the president of the university and the board of trustees, we've met these people. We've gone through them. They have to do that and that's a process that's ongoing right now.
1: Yeah, it's going to take a long time.
0: What will be the legacy that Dave Rose
1: is remembered for at BYU? the greatest coach in BYU basketball history. I, I, I mean, he did remarkable things. Uh, he, he, he took over he was part of, of the takeover program that was just as bad as it could be and he helped build that back up and after uh, Coach Cleveland left, he kind of took it to new heights and, and all that. He brought a style that was exciting, was able to bring in a lot of recruits. I, I hope he's remembered fondly.
0: BYU football, spring practice is over. It's a wrap. What are your main takeaways? I wasn't able to be uh, at, at the, all of the practices or the spring game. I was over in Europe when that all uh, kind of concluded. But my my takeaway in in reading about things and and talking to other people is it was really important for Jaron Hall to come out and have a real good day when the spotlight was on him and the pressure was on him and the training was invested in him because if he hadn't, if he had completed just 50% of his passes, thrown a pick, maybe had a few fumbles, looked confused, did not look confident, that would have been a major negative story coming out of BYU football spring practice, but that didn't
1: happen. I thought one of the most underrated stories with the team last year was that Jaron Hall beat out Joe Critchlow for the third quarterback spot. I thought that was really significant because it's so easy, the the guy with actual game experience, and it kind of just speaks to how how good Jaron Hall can be and his potential, and I think that's a very good thing, And, and I hate to point this out, but man, when you have a, a quarterback who has off-season shoulder surgery that has to miss spring practice, is he going to be fully ready? Well, it's the kind. You, you assume he will be, right? But, but we, you don't I'm know. A, Nobody knows. How many times have we covered this program and a guy's injured and we get sold something and it's like, oh, well, uh, there's some complications. Uh, I and A shoulder's kind of a big thing for a quarterback, Dick. I, I mean, I don't know everything, but it <laughs> seems like that would be a big deal. But I, I and, he, and even if he is back, I mean, how many times have we seen late? a quarterback finish the season. Healthy. It's not. And Zach Wilson, with the kind of way, with the way he plays, he's going to take a lot of hits, right? So having a guy like Jaron Hall is a really, really big thing. It's a
0: very big deal. That he had That's the a, kind of it's spring a very big deal. that he had. This is a watered-down spring practice. There were a lot of people missing. Oh, yeah. Matt Bushman, Oliva Heffal. Uh, you go down the list of players, there's a lot of them that were not out there. But I think another important thing for this spring practice, and correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, is it was really important for Gunnar Romney and Neil yeah. Powell. To step up in a role where they felt confident, needed, and delivered—did they do that?
1: Gunner Romney got a lot of good press, and and we don't get to see much, but he seemed to be making plays. He seemed to be active and talking to Fessy Satake and Coach Grimes. They're really happy with what they saw from Gunner Romney. He—he's a guy. I—I I hate to throw out this name just because it's so sensational. He's the greatest receiver ever. But you're looking for a guy that can just come in and, and just—I'm the guy, kind of like an Austin Collie, like right? The, and I don't want to say there's a dearth of talented receiver, but there's a really a need for just a, a real talent to step forward and be, kind of be that guy and it has to be Gunnar Romney and from what everything I understand he's, he's 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 on his way he's had a very good spring
0: well this guy wasn't at spring but there's been plenty of things posted on social media and on Twitter and that about the kid from the sprinter from uh, Colorado uh, this guy seems to be a workout machine he is not taking his spring lightly he's not taking his summer lightly if he comes here can outrun a lot of people and make plays that could be a big addition to this offense uh, let's move on a little Little bit to baseball. Baseball really is uh, until they lost to the Utes uh, this week uh, in a See, rainstorm. They really had it rolling, have had it rolling, and uh, they'll continue to have it rolling. This is a very big surprise in spring sports as BYU's football. Mike Littlewood, they, they're kind of putting the wood to people.
1: Yeah, it, it was a, it was kind of a downer last year because Littlewood really had this program cranking. It seemed like it was on the up and up, and then last year it's like, huh, what, what happened? But he overhauled his roster, uh, did some things and all that, and baseball well, you can write it off. I mean, a six eighth loss to Utah, so what, right? Um, they're they're going through the West Coast Conference. They're they're getting it done, and, and yeah, there's a lot of excitement. Um, yeah, baseball is kind of hard to sell. Baseball. I mean, I mean, let's be honest. It, 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 I mean, college baseball. This isn't a baseball state at all. But man, they're doing some good things. And Littlewoods, a, man, I love talking to the guy. He's a great. Just, guy. He, he just has an energy and uh, about him that that just yeah, this guy's going to do some good things. And, well, he he yeah.
0: knows what he's doing. It's hard to recruit. Two a winter cold spring sport but he's done it and he's had some pitchers that he's lost here and there along the way to the the pros and to the draft and stuff like that but he's cobbled together a pretty good program brandon you you're very familiar with volleyball men's volleyball what what's going on with that program right now
1: they're really young and people hate that. They hate it when I say it. I actually talked to Coach Olmsted about it yesterday. A big thing with volleyball is, is the setter. I mean, it's such a, a central role to the success. And they lost theirs. Will Stanley. And they really had to go with some inexperience. And the second guy has had just a, an amazing run with injuries that where he's just, you don't really know if he's going to be active or not. A guy named Cyrus but I and, and I think that's been a really big thing for this team. And, and just the lack of experience. Coach Olmsted has a totally new coaching staff. I think that's a big thing. I think it's just kind of the perfect storm where where it just takes this team and, and they're they're just doing losing to teams. It's just I, I mean you lose to Concordia at home, but at the same time they're beating UCLA and Pepperdine at home. So where's this team at? I, it's a team that can beat most teams on any given night and lose to most teams on any given night. So it's not their year. They have a lot of talent, but but I, I, I it's really hard for me to see them. Go to the NCAA tournament again.
0: Well, a final word, a final wrap up. I think this BYU uh, coaching search is really interesting and intriguing to me for a lot of political reasons, a lot of uh, social reasons, a lot of uh, real, real um, impact reasons for BYU sports program. They just plopped down a practice facility, which is fantastic. But yet they had one of the worst seasons that they've ever had under Dave Rose, and this was probably one of his poor teams, and then he retired. So this is a huge decision by BYU. I will say that, uh, in my opinion, they have the money and resources to go and make an attractive offer to their candidate and especially somebody like Mark Pope. If he turns that down that'll be big news and that'll be something that BYU fans will have to really come to terms with. What are your expectations and what is reality? Because it'll hit you right in the face you'll have to deal with it. So watch this very closely how it goes down because BYU has the money to make an attractive offer to him if not through the university, through some uh, contributions by some very interested supporters and boosters and that can be done and if he turns it down, watch out.
1: Your final word Brandon Gurney. The last day of spring practices I I, I thought one of the 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 best stories was Kairos Tonga. You're looking at a guy that kind of missed, just kind of slogged his way all through last year. A guy that was working his way back into shape. He was ready to go from day one and, and talking to him. He says, yeah, we don't have time. We can't lose to Utah again. We have to get ready. And seeing a guy like that, who's so talented, that motivated, I, I think it kind of reflects an overall attitude of this team that, that, that they're, they're ready to take this next step. I, I think it was an exciting development where he wants to be an every down guy and make himself ready for the pro and not just kind of go by on talent alone, which he is an enormous talent. I think it's a very positive thing for this team where he's taking that leadership role and and being an every down guy because he's an absolute game changer.
0: Thanks for listening to the Cougar Insiders podcast. We work hard to provide the most complete and up-to-date coverage of all things BYU. You can hear that coverage on this podcast or read it online at DeseretNews.com. If you'd like to email us your thoughts, send them to Cougar Insiders at DeseretNews.com. Leave us a review wherever you are getting this podcast or please subscribe. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.